0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fireside with Affinity. In this episode, we are going to talk about partner visa. As plain as the name of the visa, this visa is for those who are married or in a de facto relationship. It is exciting to be able to stay in Australia with your loved one. And I hope that you'll find this episode helpful. Let's jump right in. Hey Bin, how are you?
1: I'm good. It's, it's been busy, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be back uh, to, to see what we're going to discuss today.
0: Great. So what have you been up to? Because you mentioned that you're busy.
1: Um, generally work, uh, but aside from work, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting time where we've got a lot of friends um, from, from church who are celebrating birthdays. And we haven't been able to meet face to face, so everyone's been organizing Zoom birthdays. So that's, that's been quite, quite interesting
0: hmm wow what do you guys do on zoom uh
1: we we each cook a meal uh we bring it before the 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 computer screen and we eat in front of each other um and then we we tend to to to, uh, play games um obviously there's no birthday cake it's a bit hard to have a birthday cake yeah
0: yeah well i guess like it's still something fun isn't it like to be able to play games on zoom
1: I mean, it's a good substitute, um, but hopefully, you know, when uh, when a lot of the restrictions are lifted and we can gather in larger crowds, uh, we'll we'll do a proper celebration or at least we'll we'll buy a cake and and celebrate for all those people Mm. who missed out on that.
0: Yeah, good. Um, So I guess like today, we're just going to talk about, I guess, a visa that has been around for some time, um, which is the partner visa. And so maybe you can give us an overview of uh, the partner visa program
1: with the prospective marriage visa, which, you know, they're part of the same family, but yet they're quite different in who can apply for them.
0: Okay. So what's the difference between the two?
1: So prospective marriage is generally for those who are engaged or looking to get married. Mm. Um, You know, you, you, you. They're probably not at the stage where they can call themselves de facto, yeah. Uh, and and because they're not married, obviously, they they're not husband and wife.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, the partner visa is more for someone who has, uh, been how it's already married. What about like a long-term relationship? Is that considered as um, partner visa or prospective marriage?
1: Well, it depends on what you define as a long-term relationship, because there are many people who. Probably have dated for years mm-hmm. and have never lived together uh, and who probably call themselves boyfriend girlfriend and and that's it, you yeah, know? Um, but then there are people who may have lived together for you know three four years yeah uh, lived in the same house, and they would say that they're like a married couple, they just you know maybe have no desire to have a wedding or don't see the point in having a marriage certificate mm
0: mm-hmm. so they will still be considered um. As partner
1: yeah they I mean if they are indeed de facto then they would go under the partner visa stream mm-hmm
0: yeah I see and I've heard that partner visa is the most straightforward way for someone to become permanent resident in Australia
1: is it true in, in some ways yes um, in that if you are in a genuine uh, relationship um, you know and you're not seeing anyone else you mm. see each other exclusively then yes uh, if you can provide all the evidence that you're in a relationship, then it can be a straightforward pathway. What makes it difficult is that the processing time is so long for these visas. You know, it can take up to two years mm. to, to get be granted these visas. And also the fact that you have first stage and second stage. You know, you have to go through two different stages of applications. It makes it challenging. If your relationship is extremely strong, um then I would say, yeah, this is very straightforward. But what we often see sometimes is, you know, once you've lodged a partner visa, somewhere within that two years, people have a change of heart, people fall out of love, uh, and that's when the whole application can fall apart.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess before we go on to talking about the whole application process, just want to like, go back a little bit. Like, um, how long do you have to be in a relationship before you can apply?
1: Now, with married couples, there, there isn't a prescribed timeline. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I met someone uh, today and two months later we decide to get married and we can show proof that it was a genuine marriage, not one that was put together for the purposes of a visa, then yes, you know, that would work. Uh, for a de facto relationship, generally what immigration would like to see is that you've, you've been living together for 12 months. However, um, that is not always the case. You, you, you don't have to live together for 12 months. Mm. There, there are other solutions that, that are still within the law, uh, still permitted. Um, for example, one of those is a registered relationship certificate, which you can apply for. Not all states in Australia recognize this particular uh, registered relationship status, but in the states that do recognize it, you don't need to live together for 12 months if you have the certificate.
0: Yeah, so that certificate any anyone can apply?
1: Technically, yes, but each state has its own requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, we primarily deal with the ones in New South Wales so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's good. And how do you prove that you are in a genuine relationship?
1: So, the, you know, each I think each relationship is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but each, each relationship will follow a very similar um, structure or pattern in some ways. So for example, you know, if you're in a genuine relationship, then there are things that you will end up doing. Um, you will end up opening up a joint bank account. You will talk to each other quite frequently. Uh, if you live together, then, you know, you will share the... Um, expenses Mm -hmm. uh, in your household Um, also there's a certain degree of how well you know each other right on top of all of that there is something called a relationship um, statement that you're meant to make as part of your uh, visa application and if you think about it as you know it's similar like building a house you've got your foundation which is your relationship. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you know, if you want your four pillars, right, which hold up the house Mm -hmm. or or the roof, right? And these four areas that you must cover off and must convince immigration is that there is an interaction between your finances. Mm -hmm. Um, You have an idea or um, you can describe what living together looks like. Yeah. Um, Your... Friends, families, close circle, know about your relationship and acknowledge it. Mm. And also, you know, what does your commitment look like to one another? Are you in it for the long term? Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most effective ways that we find that people do that is through something like a will. Mm-hmm. right but obviously not everyone has assets so what do you do if you've been working for a while then listing someone as a um, beneficiary on a superannuation fund is, is quite good now I'm, I'm not suggesting that everyone should suddenly go and do that but these are just examples of what a commitment looks like
0: yeah yeah i guess that's more for peop- uh, couples who are living together what about for like long-term committed couple, but they are separated by distance?
1: I mean, the only difference I would see is sometimes you may not be able to open a joint bank account, Mm. depending on on the uh, country you're in, depending on the bank that you want to open it with. Mm. Um, And the other thing that you won't be able to do is obviously live together. But again, uh, living together is not a strict requirement or at least living together for 12 months is not a strict requirement. There, there are ways around it that are acceptable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good to know. I guess for an offshore application, after an application has been lodged, can the applicant come to stay in Australia while waiting for
1: the outcome? That's a very good question. The short answer is no. Only applicants who apply in Australia have what's called a bridging visa A given to them mm. to allow them to stay here legally until their partner visa is decided upon. Mm. Those who lodge offshore cannot enjoy such a thing. Mm. However, uh, there, there has been um, some reports going around of a way around that, which is still um, legitimate, but it is quite complex. And I think for the purposes of this podcast, it, it might be... Uh, Too complex to describe without being able to sit in front of someone and draw a diagram for them to understand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I understand and um, so What if someone is here on holiday visa? um, To meet their partner and then they decide to lodge the visa here while they're still holding the holiday visa Can they then get the bridging visa?
1: So the good thing about applying onshore um, is that once you launch an application you're granted a bridging visa A mm. the bridging visa A is granted but it's what we call inactive so it stays in the background until your working holiday visa or whatever visa you're holding right now expires mm. once that expires your bridging visa A automatically becomes active and you go on to that bridging visa A and you need to abide by all the conditions on that bridging visa A yeah the other benefit of applying onshore and getting the bridging visa A is you get a temporary Medicare card mm. um, which allows you to go and see GPs and, and go, go to hospitals and, and things like that. Mm.
0: Okay, that's quite good for people who have long-distance relationship and they want to be able to stay here after they have launched the application. I guess that's one of the pathways yes, to do that. that. that's right. Yeah. And so, what happens if it's, uh, if an applicant has lodged the application, and along the way they decide to end the relationship, like what we just, you know, what we, you just mentioned earlier?
1: For me, that's actually quite, quite sad, um, in the sense that, you know, uh, because partner visas to me is is one of the um, most enjoyable visas. It's it's one of the rare visas that, that really allows you to get to know the clients very intimately. Mm-hmm. Um, because you read the relationship statements. And, and sometimes, you know, they, they tell you a little bit more than what you'd like to know. But so, you know, when a relationship does end, as, as a practitioner, it's, it's quite sad. Um, but depending on the specific circumstances of why it ended, there may or may not be pathways. If the relationship simply ended because, you know, the two people fell out of love and decided mm-hmm. that this is not what they want to pursue, then that is the end of the journey and the visa applicant has to find another way to uh, obtain permanent residency in Australia.
0: Okay, and they obviously have to let the immigration know about their status? Yes,
1: that's right. Mm.
0: So another thing that I've heard about is uh, women being victims of family violence. uh, What can they do because a lot of them are worried about losing their visa?
1: This is something that's quite common. And you mentioned women, but we've seen it uh, in, in men too who are vic- uh, victims of family violence. Mm. Um, and in fact, we, we managed to help, uh, help a, a client who, who was victim to family violence and we helped them to get permanent residency. For, for those people, the situation is very complex and, and quite rightly so. A lot of them fear that they would lose their only chance at getting Australian permanent residency. So they put up with it. Yeah. Mm. Um, Because they've been threatened that, you know, if you tell anyone, we we will, um, I as a sponsor will revoke my sponsorship and then I'll send you back home. Mm. What I would like to encourage those people is, if you are a victim of family violence, do not suffer in silence. Australia takes these matters very seriously and there is plenty of help available. You know, um, if you have a migration agent that you trust, speak to them. Mm. Um, If you... You know, this you can always go to the police and report such matters. Mm. And and believe me, you know, if you have been a victim of family violence and the police are aware of it and you've reported it, there can be things that can, that can be done to, you know, allow your visa to remain with you and to get permanent residency one day. So, so, yeah, that's my encouragement to, to those who, who are currently suffering in silence because of uh, family violence and because of the fear of losing their visa.
0: Mm. That's such a relief to hear
1: that mm. Australia
0: is providing a lot of help for these victims.
1: Yeah, uh, Australia, mm. I think, you know, does, has a, does a phenomenal effort in, in trying to tackle uh, domestic violence. Mm. Mm.
0: The other question that I also have is, can you attach a family members to the visa, such as children?
1: yes uh, that is definitely possible up and until uh generally up and until the age of sort of um i would say the first cutoff is 18. once you are 18 or over you, need, you need to prove dependency mm. and generally it's financial dependency yeah once you hit 23 and above um it gets tricky Gets mm. much more complex so the short answer is yes but you also need to look at the age cutoffs mm.
0: yeah. okay and so just going back to uh, the application process, can you just like briefly sort of like um, bring us through the process? Because you mentioned there were like two steps process or two, two stages mm. in the application. Yes,
1: yeah, so there are two stages. Uh, and that's how the partner visa was, was always designed. So the first thing you do is um, you apply for the, let's just say, for example, if it's the onshore, there's two different subclasses. There's the subclass 820 and the subclass 801. The 820 is the first stage. It's temporary, no expiry date, but you apply for that first. You wait for two years, they grant you that visa, and then, you know, after a certain period no more than a year you'll be invited to apply for the permanent stage, which is the 801. Mm. Once you apply for that and once they make a decision on that and grant you the visa, that's PR. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's, you know, basically how it works. Now, everyone sort of uh, is familiar with visa applications. But with partner visas, there's also a sponsorship application. So your partner who is an Australian permanent resident or citizen also needs to lodge a separate application agreeing to be your sponsor. Mm. So in, in essence, there are two applications that are happening at the same time. Right.
0: And is it two different costs as well?
1: No, um, the cost structure is the same. Mm. And, and partner visas for most people are quite expensive. You know, it, it's $8,000. But it's $8,000 for... Both the stages, immigration just takes it all at the beginning, mm. and I guess what they're really saying is, I'm gonna take all the fees at the beginning. I'm gonna make it your responsibility to ensure that you get to the very end. Yeah. Right. So really, if you want to see see it as four thousand, four thousand. Yeah. And within each four thousand, there are two applications. Yeah. So um, it is expensive, but you know if you see it as uh two different stages then it's not too bad the fee Mm.
0: but it's only for example for people who end their relationship um are they able to get refund let's say like they were on the first stage Mm. they're not entering the second stage yet
1: unfortunately not yeah unfortunately Mm. the the fees cannot be refunded in, in that
0: stage i see okay so i guess to end our chat for today can you give us some tips uh for people who are looking to apply for this type of visa uh,
1: for people who are, who are looking to apply on their on their own um or uh, i guess you know even for people who, who are g- going to be using an agent i would say really do your research um there is a lot of good information out there there are a lot of great forums with people who have uh, been through the process before Um, speak to them the paperwork is one aspect of it but also understanding you know psychologically uh, the emotions that you go through throughout the, the two-year waiting period mm. uh, for some people it, it really can be a, a time where anxiety is really high and that puts extra stress on the on the relationship mm. so I would say you know go and speak to people who have done it before to, to understand the mental side of it yeah um, paper side of it can always be handled mm. it's the mental side that you need to work through yeah you know, not knowing are they going to grant it are they going to reject it yeah. you know what are they thinking? Yeah. yeah the the other thing I would encourage is a lot of people lodge an application and then they go oh job done mm. right but how does immigration know that your relationship is continuing the only way they know is you if you give them updated information so as a, as a practice for, for our company mm. we often encourage clients every quarter to send us you know, a select uh, range of information, mm. and then we simply upload that with their application, so that we we can uh, let immigration know that hey, the relationship is still ongoing. Mm. Yeah.
0: So they can do that themselves as well.
1: They can once once they lodge an application, they can uh, update immigration themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Uh, this is a very informative podcast uh, as usual. Thanks for for coming along.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So in this episode, we have covered about some of the requirements to apply for a partner visa. It may sound daunting that there are two stages to apply for this visa, but trust me, it is quite straightforward. I just want to echo what Bin mentioned earlier, if at any stage you find that you are in a difficult position, please do reach out to people and find help. You should not be alone in this journey. As usual, you can email us or find us on Facebook. Hope you have enjoyed listening to this podcast and we are looking forward to hearing from you. Have a great day.